Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. I'm here. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is not here. But BJ. running the boards is Joey D. Where did he go? I don't know. Because, well, I mean, come on, he's playing board games. We know. We know. We know. On today's show, we will talk about how the world of darkness is getting its own movie and television universe. Oh, I am excited for this one. We're going to get into some weird D&D news, including Jeff Goldblum. Hmm. Okay. Sure, okay. And of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Dot com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. Or just search for BJ Shea's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. You'll There's find us. Plenty of ways to get a hold of us. And wh- however you're listening to us, usually they've got some way to review. So give us like five stars and say, Please. hey, you geeks are cool people and we love to listen to you because if you don't know this, algorithms uh, basically uh, run our world. Yes. Hooray, <laughs> robots. <laughs> yes, robots run the world and they say, hey, if you have five stars, that means you're cool. And I like being cool. If you could find a way to give us a sixth star, I mean, you might as well try, right? Hack the world. Do it. Do something like that. Um, this thing is very exciting for me, and I know you guys probably don't care, but I'm going to make you care. Okay. Now, I don't know if you either of you know about the world of darkness. Nope. Okay. Sounds dark. It is. So, the world of darkness is our world, but a little darker, a little scarier, definitely more gothic. And this came about in the 90s with White Wolf uh, Publishers, who created Vampire the Masquerade, Werewolf the Apocalypse, Changeling the Dreaming... Oh, come on. I know that I know these all all ah, and some other ones. The devil wears Prada. No, the devil does wear Prada, but they didn't have that one. Ah. No. But there were some other ones out there too. Uh encompassing all different sorts of roleplay aspects. And you could play vampires, werewolves, fae, mages, mage the ascension. That's the other one. And there was like some other ones anyway. A bunch of supernatural creatures, because in the world of darkness, the supernatural creatures were the ones controlling everything. They they were the ones in the shadows controlling all of the mega corporations, um, going all the way down to low-level stuff. Usually, there would be a couple of vampires in a town or a city, and they would run everything. And you just wouldn't know about it because, well, they they got to be sneaky because if you found out they were a vampire, well, then that's what happened with the Crusades. The Crusades were started because vampires basically were out there everywhere, and everyone's like, hey, we don't like that. That's not a good no thing. No one likes vampires. Uh, uh, well... I love vampires. Rev loves vampires. Rev is a vampire. Yes. Vicky, I, get I wish. I want to be a vampire. <laughs> I'd totally go for a steak. Medium rare, please. There you go. <laughs> That's not going to kill him. Um. Now, on um, back in the 90s, there, there was an attempt to make a television show. Um, Aaron Spelling, the man who created such shows as Charmed, Melrose Place, Beverly Hills 90210, tried with Kindred the Embraced. It lasted a season, um, was terrible, and I may have the enti- the DVDs of this first season. I only got through three episodes. You're so kind to use the word attempt. 
It was attempts were made. That was more than what I I got the uh, the Crow TV series that has has the guy from uh, Iron Chef America. He's not the not I guess he's the host or the chancellor or whatever. He was the Crow. Really, I found them all. It at a <laughs> half price books. I've never watched it, but it's on my sh- it's, it's oh, my yeah, collection. You got it. It's a collection. That's the same thing with Kindred the Embraced. It was basically nine hundred two one zero with vampires, but it's super loose when it came down to it. They got a lot of the um, uh, just the clans because there's like thirteen clans of vampires, and they just basically got their whole uh, stereotypes completely wrong. Like everyone was doing everything wrong, and you watch it and you're like, oh, this is like woof. But at the same point in time, you're like, well, they tried, and it made me excited for it. For some reason, I thought you meant that the vampires were saying woof. No, more along the lines of, oh, this is not good. Got it. Um, So that went away, and whenever they try to come up with, like, a good vampire thing when it's based off of this, it's iffy at best. A lot of the times, you're going to want stuff with uh, a lot of the lore with, like, Bram Stoker's Dracula, or even uh, Anne Rice's interview with the Vampire Universe, that sort of thing. But they are trying it again! This actually came from Hollywood Reporter, which, uh, you know, is uh, always talking about the Hollywood news, and it looks like the World of Darkness universe is going to be expanding. Eric Heisserer, who earned an Oscar nomination for penning 2016's Arrival is developing a shared universe based on the game that began life in the 90s, and they're talking about the world of darkness, but that's going to hopefully encompass all of the supernatural entities. It looks like he's doing it with his wife, too, which is pretty cool. Christine Boylan. Yeah, and uh, she's a writer and producer on TV shows such as The Punisher, Castle, and Constantine, along with the production company Hivemind, known for The Witcher and The Expanse. I mean, she's also did uh, was a producer on Cloak and Dagger, and we're not going to we're not going to talk about Once Upon a Time. Okay, yeah. Some of the Once Upon a Time was good (laughs) up to a certain point. Did it start well? It started really well. See, then there you go. They're starting it here with that. Um, They're going to be working in concert with Paradox Interactive, who is controlling the rights to the franchise since 2015. Um, they've also been the ones who put out the uh, Vampire 5th Edition, and they've been working with all the other aspects to do that some more. Uh, this is something that I'm very excited for because Vampire Bloodlines to the game, um, it looks like it might be uh, cursed Oh, no. Yeah, I don't know. They're saying it might come out this year, and I'm not really thinking about that. Now, I don't know when this is going to come out. I don't know when they're going to be doing it, but they're giving me hope. I mean, you have time to like watch Shadow and Bone by him. Yeah. He created it. So, I mean, you got time. It's on Netflix right now, and it's got uh, Ben Barnes, who I really like. And I'm really, I want to look at that, too, because I feel that that will help get a, give me a little bit of a vibe of what they're looking for. And there's a lot of things that are going on with this that they've done previously that I'm like, I'm excited for. They've done things that have been well regarded. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, really happy about this. And I'll be perfectly honest, it gets me kind of excited and it makes me almost want to get back into uh, playing the RPG. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is kind of the fact of the matter is it's very it's very heavy on the um, mature content. <laughs> and a lot of the times that can be kind of iffy, mm. um, especially in dealing with your groups. I think you need a very special, very mature group when you're playing these. <laughs> I'm out. 
Yeah, and a lot of the time, I mean, you can absolutely play a fun goofball scenario when it comes down to it, but this is this is gothic horror when it comes down into mm-hmm. it. And a lot of the times it's not going to be super fun times, and you're going to have to deal with stuff that involve trauma and a lot of the times content warnings and trigger warnings when you're playing these games. So um, if you're going to be playing something like this, look online. There's some great podcasts out there. The Glass Cannon podcast uh, has a uh, kind of an offset called uh, New Game Who Dis. And they just started this uh, about a week and a half ago. Um, but they're starting uh, a podcast where they're playing it, and it's starting with the character creation, which is a good way to get you kind of into that mind because they're going to go deep into all of that sort of thing. And there's plenty of awesome, awesome, awesome play, um, actual play, Twitch streams, YouTube, and uh, podcasts out there for this so you can get a general feel of what it's going to be like when you get out there. Uh, yeah. Um, this is one of those games, though, it's going to really imp- involve and kind of implore the X system where uh, players out there, everyone has what you would call an X card, which means if the content gets a little too intense, you can hold up your X card and just be like, hey, we need to take a break from all of this. Or even just hmm. in- embrace the rule zero, which make it fun. Like, even if the mechanics or the theme it gets a little bit heavy, try to lighten it up sometimes and really... Really have some fun with it as much as you possibly can when it comes to it. Take a page out of Kano's book. (laughs) Yes, yes. You can be a little cheesy, have a little fun with it, and just remember that it is a game when it comes down to all of it. Um, Very excited when it comes to that. Uh, Moving to another system of uh, role-playing games, Dungeons & Dragons has been gigantic and mammoth. And also speaking of the uh, actual play podcast stuff, uh, you can't throw a, throw a rock or a D&D book uh, on the internet without hitting an actual play via uh, Twitch or any of the other ways that I've already listed. And it looks like Jeff Goldblum <laughs> yes. is going to be doing a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Because of course. Because of course. Yes, that Jeff Goldblum, the uh, Life Will Find a Way, Jurassic Park, Independence Day star, will be playing an elven sorcerer, Balmer, in a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Ah, yeah, there is a picture of him, and it's him as an elf holding a D20, looking just as sexy as Jeff Goldblum could Always possibly does. look. Yes. He'll be joining Dark Dice, an actual play D&D podcast that began in 2018. It's about a group of adventurers, duh, who embark on a journey to the ruinous domain of the Nameless God, according to their official site. Balmer will make his debut on May 12th when the series returns to begin its second storyline. If you don't know the podcast, well, this sounds pretty rad already, Deadline says it features an immersive soundscapes, a diverse international cast, and an original soundtrack featuring an orchestra, over 30 medieval instruments, and a live choir singing in Infernal, Icelandic, and Elvish. So I feel that Jeff Goldblum would fit perfectly in with all about this. Most definitely. Yeah. I kind of want to know how he was even brought up to be like this. I feel that they're doing like another season of uh, Jeff Goldblum's show on Disney Plus where he goes and learns about new things. And, I mean, to be perfectly honest, there's been a lot of actors who have loved D&D in the past. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a little bit of a, uh, a closet nerd when it comes to this sort of thing. He just seems like a guy who would be really, really good at, like, improv. Yes. And, I mean, he's an actor. Mm-hmm. Like, it comes down to, like, oh, I want you to play this role. Okay, do you know what an elf is? No. All right. 
here's what an elf is. Can you do that? And you'd be like, oh, yeah. Like, I, I just it. feel that he could just make that perfectly. And uh, I recently went back and I watched the uh, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yes. <laughs> so when he was the Grandmaster in that, oh, he's so fantastic. And I felt a lot of what he did there was also improv. I don't know if not, but like him just dealing with his, uh, his hench lady um, with the uh, goose stick was pretty hilarious. If he plays an eccentric elf, oh my gosh. <laughs> I think that's the only thing he can play. Say, yeah. Like Jeff Goldblum as the eccentric whatever. Because that's just how it works. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I am really, really super excited for all of that. Um, still talking about Dungeons & Dragons, uh, I found this article on comic book resources because a lot of times some people will say, well, d and is kind of boring when it gets down to the combat because, well, I'm just going to spend my turn attacking and that's all I can do. I'm going to swing my sword and I'm either going to hit or miss and roll my damage dice and move on. And you can do so much more when it comes down to it. And as much as variety uh, as the D&D can offer the players, people do kind of get into that rhythm of just attacking, moving on with my turn. And especially with the martial classes at the lower levels, where if you're not a spellcaster, you don't really have a whole lot of stuff that you can do. A rogue, oh, I'm going to backstab. All right, cool. Got him. Yeah, exactly. And it can be powerful if you're doing a lot of damage, but also eh, a little stale. But there are a variety of ways that characters can use their action to, uh, you know, to continue the story or even just do something a little bit different that might fit in with the with your character. And that's the big thing. You might not realize that it's you have your bonus action, which is like usually a quick thing, and it'll state on your character sheet which actions can be used for those. You'll have your move action, which is as it sounds, you moving around, and then your essentially just your main action, which is usually people will attack or cast a spell. Well, within those, you can actually do a bunch of different things at that time. Um, instead of attacking, you can do stuff like disengage, dash, or dodge. Um, stuff like disengage means if you're kind of a more squishier character and there's somebody coming at you, maybe you're a wizard. And if you're at the if the beginning levels, like first couple of levels, you're going to have about somewhere between four and maybe ten hit points. And if you get hit at that level, you're going to go down. The disengage at the cost of you being able to do something along the lines of an attack that round means you can step away with from them and get away. Generally, if you don't take that disengage action, you'll be able to do an attack later and do something like that, but uh, you'll get what ha what is called an attack of opportunity on you, which means that whomever you're surrounded by can take their reaction to hit you, and or at least to roll an attack, which if you've got low AC, low hit points, you do not want that to happen whatsoever. The disengage takes that away, and for a lot of the times, Tactically, that's going to be the best thing for you, especially if you're a squishy guy. Dash on that same action means uh, that you can use your move twice. So normally you're going to have like 30 feet of movement. Now you can take 60 feet of movement, again, at the cost of you being able to attack. But if you know maybe somebody's going to be casting an area effect spell... Or you just really, 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 really need to get away from somebody because uh, they're going to smash you. That's the best way to go about it. 
And then with the dodge action, a lot of the times that's used if you don't necessarily have anything to attack at that time, but you know maybe something will get to you by your turn and attack you. The dodge action means that they have disadvantage when attacking you. And disadvantage just means that they have to roll 2d20 instead of 1d20, and they take the lowest number, which is actually huge. I like to dodge. Yes, it's it's a really <laughs> strong way to go about that. Uh, more creatively, you can actually use a ready action as well. And that means that you will have an action that you want to perform later in your turn order that is based off of a triggering thing. So you can say, well, I want to cast Magic Missile if this character walks into my range. And so if they meet that criteria, you get to do your action at that point, which is very good if you roll a high initiative and you need to wait for stuff out. A lot of times it's going to be better than that dodge action unless you know for sure that they're going to be coming at you. A lot of the times it's going to be going along those uh, uh, very strong, uh, like these things are strong in situations. A lot of times they're going to be wanting to just attack because that's kind of how everything goes about with it. But even something along the lines, and this is one that I actually like to use a lot. Um, if something casts haste on you, you get another attack, but you can't do anything other than just doing the attacking swing of your um, uh, of your weapon. So what I like to do is I'll use one of my normal attacks to shove my opponent because you can <laughs> shove them away from you or you can shove them to the ground. And it's a strength check versus, I think, their dexterity, their athletics or their uh, acrobatics, whichever one they get to pick. If they fail, they fall down to the ground. When a, an opponent is prone, that means you get advantage on those attacks. So you get to roll 2d20 and pick the higher one which means now suddenly shove, smack, smack with my paladin that I love to use. Suddenly I'm pulling off massive amount of damage at, at an advantage, so usually I'm going to be able to smash them. You can do these tactically, and it, all it really takes is taking a stronger look at what your abilities are for your character. And there are so many abilities in D&D. There are, and you can get overwhelmed when it comes down to it, so it's really kind of finding out what kind of character you're playing and kind of sticking with, at the very least, a um, a good template of what you would want to do if everything is going to go perfect. Generally, things will not go perfect, and sometimes you will lose roles or you won't be able to do what you want to do. But having a game plan that is more than just attacking can make you, uh, it can be way more fulfilling when it comes down to all of it. And that's really what it comes down to. And when in doubt, ask your DM a lot of the times or maybe have an after session where you talk with the other players to be like, hey, is anyone familiar with this class? And what are some of the things that you like to do? Having those sort of powwow sessions with your friends really can take your game uh, to the next level, as it were. Yes. Now it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got? Uh, so I know we talked about Mortal Kombat previously, but I saw this and I thought it was very interesting. Mm. So apparently, you know, fans will rile up and they're like, All right, we want this actor to play this character. Yes. 
Well, there was no Johnny Cage, correct, in this movie, in this yeah, one. Yeah, there wasn't. It was teased at the very end, mm-hmm. which uh, I'm excited for because that means that they want to make a a sequel and maybe a Mortal Kombat universe, which I'm all in for. Right, and I feel like, and I haven't seen it yet because I don't have time, I haven't had time this last <laughs> week to watch something this graphic with a two-year-old. Uh, so, yeah. Mm, yeah. I'm trying to be better about what I watch in front of him because oh, now he's you. saying words. <laughs> How dare he say words? But apparently... A lot of fans are riling up and wanting Ryan Reynolds to play Johnny Cage in the sequel. Now, this was hilarious because the reason why is because they did a uh, they did a, a Twitter ad. Mm-hmm. Essentially, what came down to it, and it was for a cell phone company, wasn't it? Probably, I think I forget what it's called. Yeah, but it's like that alcohol. Mint, it's yeah. Mint, Mint Mobile. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was him, and it looks like he's all dressed up as Johnny Cage. It was fantastic. <laughs> I, my mind's blown. I didn't even think about this. It would be awesome. Yeah, yes. yeah. I know that um, Casper Van Dien, who was in Starship Troopers, done a whole bunch of other stuff as well. He was Johnny Cage. I think maybe in like. The the YouTube one. At one point, he was Johnny Cage, and he was fighting for. It. He wants. He was like, "Oh, I want in on this as well." So, I mean, given either of those, I like Casper, but I think Ryan Reynolds would be above and beyond super fantastic. Oh, dude, the whole uh, riff between him and Kano would be great. <laughs> like, oh, oh God, they they need to they they need, they need to bring back Kano. Like, yes. figure it out, bring him back. I like. I love that guy. I love that character so much. When I laughed for probably about five minutes straight, when he just went that womp womp off screen, (laughs) I couldn't stop laughing. It was so funny. I didn't expect it. And it looks like uh, the producers do promise that Johnny Cage will be a big part of Mortal Kombat 2. He better be. And apparently Ed Boon, Mortal Kombat co-creator, supports a a different fan casting. Oh, who? The Miz, Mike the Miz Mizian, who is a wrestler. Yeah. He's appeared in a few shows, I think, and maybe movies. I've seen him in a few things. Yeah, he's been in stuff like The Marine 4 or something like that. I, he was fighting with my family, but that was kind of a right. a, a serious kind right. of wrestling movie sort of thing. He, <laughs> it's funny because he, he was like a minor character that appeared for an episode of the show Siren, or sirens or whatever, but the the chick who played Sonya Blade was a main character in that show too. So I think oh, that's kind really? of funny. Yeah, he was playing like a big meathead jock guy in the gym <laughs> who hurt himself, and she played a cop and was dating a uh, what are they called paramedic, and that paramedic is the one who treated him. Wow, they've actually made four Marine movies with The Miz in them. That is four too many. So he started with three and went all the way up to six in 2018. We haven't seen a new one yet, so that'll be interesting. But, I mean, I'd be down with any of these. I I need to see more of Miz's acting, though. I mean, he's a wrestler, so you know they have a sense of flair. Yeah. And I don't really remember. Uh, he's, and he's actually a pretty good um, actor when it comes down to the wrestle, uh, wrestling stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's Mortal Kombat. I feel you can have a little bit of fun and be a little cheese ball with it. I'm still counting on Ryan Reynolds at this point. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with down. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of casting, uh, recently... The showrunner of the show, Daredevil, said it would be impossible to recast Wilson Fisk. Yeah. 
because we we honestly yeah. don't know what the hell's going on. There's so many rumors saying that we're going to be getting Charlie Cox's Daredevil in the next Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. We're going to be seeing a lot of these characters and a lot of the stuff that's kind of been going on has plenty of space for us to see a lot of the Defenders characters or anybody in that universe. Honestly, I can't think of anybody else aside from the late uh, was it Michael Clark Duncan? Yeah, could play Kingpin like he he does, and it's to the point where I'm like, Dad, let's watch Daredevil, and he's kind of not wanting something so gritty right now. And I'm just like, you gotta watch it just for Fisk. <laughs> Come on. Honestly, I agree. Like they they need to they need to work it out, and the same thing like they did with uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Like no one else can play him. Right, and the way that they've done that, uh, it seems it seems amazing that they were able to pull something like this off. And have him be essentially like an uh, Alex Jones type mm-hmm. blogger, video blogger guy. So uh, the way they've been able to pull this off is fantastic. Right. Stephen DeKnight said recasting Vincent D'Onofrio as Wilson Fisk would be like trying to recast recast Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark or Chris Evans as Steve Rogers. Impossible. Yeah. And also, by the way, stop making billboards and petitioning for Tony Stark to come back. He's not coming back, people. Yeah, we don't need him anymore. Yeah, we don't. It's come like, on, move on. Down. If you like him. Watch the other, what, 22 movies that were based around Tony Stark. Yeah, sure, right. they're the other characters, but it was all because of Tony. Like, there's an entire saga about Tony. And uh, one more in the world of the casting kind of stuff. I don't know if you guys knew this. I, I Again, it kind of dropped off the face of the planet after the last season ended of Game of Thrones. But a lot of people might still be excited for the new House of Dragons show that's coming out with yeah, HBO, <laughs> which is going to be their uh, their prequel, if you will. Yeah. This is what's going to get we call uh, one season, an attempt. And if you do not deliver on this set season. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be really rough because of how... Like, does anybody talk about Game of Thrones anymore? It's a dead series. Meme or as a joke, maybe. Kind of, yeah. After season seven and eight, like, that's how you epically destroy any hype that you had for a franchise is just look what they did there. Uh, well, they have released, I'm sure they look really like far away kind of pictures, like, oh, someone took these that weren't supposed to. Uh, little droney pictures. Little, little teasy mm-hmm. pictures of the first look of two of the actors on set, one of them being a doctor. Oh. What? Matt Smith from Doctor Who. Oh. He's going to be playing a Targaryen. Really? I thought you met an actual doctor, and <laughs> no, I'm like, no. I already hate this series. Because no, they need no, to revive no. the series, and the only thing they could hey. get was a doctor. Right. <laughs> now, I mean, we, he's been in Doctor Who, he was in The Crown, and now he is going to be Prince Damien Targaryen. And, and this te- is 300 Tenet, years before the events of the original Game of Thrones And Tenet show. was the purple man, right? Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. I always get my doctors confused. Yeah, <sighs> the thing is, this series should be good. Yeah. Because they have all the material. Exactly. But then again, I said the same thing about the Game of Thrones last time. And uh... <laughs> Well, and I mean, they don't. The books haven't been finished, so they kind of had to wing it at the end. But also, to their credit, they were winging it ever since the beginning. I watched a documentary about it, which basically they were like, they didn't read the books at all. No, and it was so good. Yeah, and somehow they managed to have this very intricate story. I mean, props to George R. R. Martin for being able to guide them on those first seasons and get them to where they were going with it. And he was there for the last seasons. What happened, people? He didn't give them all the information, apparently. He should right. have really watched or they're like, it we need to hurry it up. <laughs> uh, par- uh, also, uh, Emma Darcy, Darcy, I think that's how you pronounce it. She was also in the show Truth Seekers. She is going to be playing his wife. 
Oh, yeah. And uh, Truth Seekers was the show on Amazon Prime with Nick Frost yes. that uh, BJ was super stoked about. And I'll, I'll, I'll get to eventually. Yeah. So we'll see how they, they do. They really they have to really impress us. Yeah. But I feel like if you can be any actor and it doesn't matter how much you hated the last uh, season of Game of Thrones, you would immediately sign up like, oh, there's a new thing of Game of Thrones. I'm in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. At that point, because if they could put the information like they just put the effort into it and again, have a fully fleshed, maybe the entire series, at least, you know, like have the at least keep the same pacing, guys, right. like just. Don't turn it into fast forward, fast travel towards the end just to get to it so you can hopefully work on a damn Star Wars series that then gets dropped because of how badly you handled Game of Thrones. I'm talking to you, D&D. Whoops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. It is funny to see how all these actors look exactly the same with a blonde wig. <laughs> it's like I almost can't tell them apart sometimes. Anywho, until next time, stay nerdy.